I like to focus on just one verse. Verse 36. From verse 35, going a little further, he fell to the ground and prayed that if possible, the hour might pass from him. Abba, Father, he said, everything is possible for you. Take this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Amen? Take this cup. Take this cup. Let us pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. You are the God of all ages. You are the Prince of Peace. And you are the mighty God. And here we are in your presence today. Your people are here to hear from you. And I pray today, God, as your word go forth, that your people will receive your word. God, I have no one in front of you. I'm just Michael Henry. And I need your unction. I need your touch. I need your anointing. I need your blessing. I need everything that comes from you, Lord, today in order to declare your word. I thank you, Father. And I give you the glory and the honor in Jesus' name. Put your hands together and give him praise. For he's worthy. Hallelujah. The title to the message Peter's bravado and Gethsemane. But today, my subtopic to you is can you drink from the cup? And this is not going to be, like I've said before, an overall review of the text. But I believe that the Lord has placed something in my heart to share with you today. And it's all about the cup. Can you drink from that cup? And just for a brief moment, just, just close your eyes and just think of that cup for a minute. Ask yourself the question, what was in that cup? And ask yourself the next question, can I drink of that cup? In my text today, this is not an ordinary person. This is Jesus. And there are several distinctive about him. He is the only begotten son of God. He is the eternal son of God. 
He is in the boardroom of the Godhead on the council of God's own divinity. He was there when the world was formed. Before there was a where or a when or this or that. He was the word that dispatched from the mouth of God when he said let there be and there was. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is God good? All the time, he is good. Amen? Christ was that preceding word. That preceding, prevailing word that came out of the mouth of the Father. So when he said, let there be, it was Christ the son of God, Sister Marilyn, that came forth from the mouth of God, his father. He was the word in the beginning, was the word, and the word was with God. He was the word that came from the mouth of his father. We are very clear today in this text that Jesus knew how the story is going to end. Hallelujah. Jesus was very clear. He knew how the story was going to end. He was never doubtful as to the fact that he was going to come out of this. There was absolutely no doubt. But yet face to face with the process. Face to face with the process that precede the promise. Because sometimes you can have the promise. You can have the faith in the promise. Believe it's going to happen. You know, you know everything is everything is going to be alright. Amen? But when you run head on in the process. When you run head on my brother in the process. The process can become so staggering and so painful that sometimes we cry, Lord, I wonder if you really want me to go through this. I have already seen the end. I have already seen the end. I know I will be resurrected. But I ask the question today, is there anyone in here who sometimes you are uncertain? Is there anyone in here sometimes you are uncertain about something even when the Lord is speaking directly to you? You see, it is so difficult to bring your will in alignment with God. It's very difficult. Are you with me? Because sometimes God wants things for me that I don't want for myself. Let me say that again. It's very difficult. 
difficult to bring our will into alignment with God because sometimes God wants things for us that we don't want for ourselves. But you have got to go through the process before you can receive the promise. Are you with me, people of God? You know what? There are even times when God make choices for us without even asking us our opinion. But he is God. We are in his hands. And he knows what's best for us. We can't argue with him. Because he's all knowing. We are in 2020 but he's already in 2050. And he's all God by himself just sitting down there in 2050 waiting for us to catch up if we dare can. Are you still with the people of God? God is a good God. Your will must come into alignment with God's will. Hear me good. Your will must come in alignment with God's will. And that alignment with God's will is going to come from the cup that you are about to drink. Are you with me, people of God? That alignment is all in the cup. Jesus said, Lord, not my will, but let your will be done. But because he wants to align his will with his father's will. He has to go through the process. And the process starts with the cup. You must drink from the cup. Hallelujah. It's in the cup you are about to drink. Right here. Right now. Today Sunday. Is your Gethsemane. It's all going down right here today. The cup you can't shy away from. You have been shying away. You want greatness. You want anointing. And you want power. Are you hearing me good? But the way to all of that is through the cup. You go to convention every year. Because a great speaker is coming. And you think this, that this great speaker... Is going to lay his hands on you and impart his anointing up on you. Trust me, forget it. You can stop going to convention. It's right here in the cup. It's all through the cup. You have got to share in his suffering. Are you with me, people of God? You have got to share with him in his suffering today you have that choice to make because it's all in the cup when you drink this cup like Jesus did this cup will drive you into fervent prayer because you are going to realize what is in the cup or what was in the cup or what is in your cup today. And it will drive you into fervent prayer. 
See, there, there, there's, there's something, there's something going on here. There, there is something here that is much, much deeper. Because drinking this cup will help you and give you an opportunity to see what it is like to walk with God. This is what it's all about. It's giving you an opportunity to understand, to tangibly feel and know what it is like to walk with God. Because he has shown me the beginning from the end. But he didn't show me the middle. He showed me the beginning. Show me the end. But he didn't show me the garden. Because the garden process is something I have to go through physically. Spiritually. Emotionally. The garden is called the garden of Gethsemane. It literally means the place of Pressing. It literally means the place of pressing. The place where olives are crushed and oil is secreted. The place in the middle where the pressure mounts. It is different from the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, we have an enemy that we can argue with. Are you with me? In the cross, we have a physical problem that we can see. But in the garden, there is nothing to see. Just pressure. And pressure. And pressure. Jesus went to the garden to be pressured to be pressured to be pressured to be pressured so that we could be free today do you know what it takes to get oil from olives the pressure look in the back look at look in the dumpster of some old some old factory or some old garden factory where they, where they press oil, olive, to get the oil. If you look in that dumpster, some old pulperides smashed to bits, olive, so that we could get the olive oil to use here in church. Is there a price on this, Marilyn? How much do you think this costs? $2.50, she said. You look at it and you said it's cheap. It's only two pound fifty, but not the olive. You can't ask the olive how much it costs because they are squashed out to get this, and and, and they are in the back of some dumpster at a factory. Your eternal life, perhaps it didn't cost you much, but it cost Jesus his life. He laid down his life. He laid down his life so that you could have eternal life. Can you drink from this cup? Can you? Ask the person beside you, can you drink from this cup? 
Ask them the question. Just give them a thought to think. Can you, can you, can you drink from Jesus' cup? Can you really drink from Jesus' cup? I heard a story of the pastor here in Manchester. Said he walked on the street, just strolling. The lady stick her head out the door. And she said to him, I know you. You're the pastor from the tabernacle. He said, yes, you're right. I'm the pastor from the tabernacle. She said, I, I usually go to the tabernacle. But I sit at the back because I don't have any offering to put in the plate. I'm, I'm very poor. So that's why I sit at the back. She said, come into my house and have a cup of tea, if, have a cup of tea with me. He said to her, no, because my tea time is due at home. She said, no, that's not the reason. You won't come into my house because I am poor. And it's not a nice house like some of your church folks. And he said, okay, I'll come. And he walked into that house. And he said, I held my nose. He said, I've I've been to several houses that look like pigsty, but none like this one. None like this one, he said. He said the rubbish was all over the, the house. The sink was full of dirty dishes that had been there for maybe months, he said, over two months. A bit of bacon was there. A bit of toast bread was there. And everything was green and, and moldy. And she looked at him and she said, you drink tea? He said, yes. <laughs> he, said, he said, I looked at the teapot. The teapot was, it was white. But no, it was black and a lot of mark down the side. And she reached in the sink for a cup from the dirty dishes that had been there for months. And she reached. And when she turned it up, the tea bag fell from the cup. And in the cup was green until it's dirty. Really, really dirty. And she poured the tea in the same cup. And she asked him the question, you take cream? He said, yes. She said, no, I don't have any. She said, you take sugar? He said, yes, I don't have any. Tea was almost cold. And she hand him the cup and he said I shocked from the cup and she looked me in the eyes and she said drink it when I heard that story and in preparing this message today my mind went back Palestine over 2,000 years ago and I picture the father as he handed the cup to his son and he said the only way out for the entire world is for you to drink it can you imagine 
the father turned to his son with all that murkiness in the cup and said drink it now remember Jesus is the essence of purity he is the essence of holiness he was harmless and, and undefiled and separated from sin yet he take the most horrible thing that the world has ever had symbolic of all the sins of mankind and symbolic of all the sins of the age and he had to drink it good God in that cup was all the major disease that the world had ever known include coronavirus all the physical sins of this world all the physical sins that send men to jail all the sins that make men rotten in their body when they cross the line all of that was in the cup the sin of the flesh was in the cup the sin of the spirit was in the cup they were all there in the cup and Jesus took that cup with no one there brother Jewel to sustain him except his father he had his inner circle boys all the miracles that he had performed feeding over 5,000 people all the miracles none of these people were there all of them were gone Peter James and John Peter said Lord nobody can't touch you because I'm here me run things I mean we'll take care of boy but three times you know your inner circle Joe you know your inner circle your boys them them guys you can you can depend on you know them boys can take the heat for you and if you look at it, the world where they need to strap on they strap on and they'll take care of things them boys were sleeping these boys were sleeping can you imagine Jesus walk over to the father and say father if it's possible not a word can you imagine every time he step over to his father he can't look in his face not a word come back over to Peter James and John what's going on fast asleep Lord spirit willing but the flesh weak let me divert a bit you know sometimes when we are in trouble and we are down by the courthouse you don't have to know anything about law or anything of the sort I know you drop out of school and all of that and you're not very well educated but if I'm down by the courthouse you know it would be nice if I if you come sit with me you don't have to say anything but just sit with me are you hearing me and when I'm going through what I'm going through and you tell me that you're going to pray with me don't pat me on the shoulder in church 
and say, bless him, Lord. And then you walk off and you never ever pray for me. When you know I'm going through something, don't tell me that if I need anything, call you. You know I'm going through something. Whatsoever resources you have that you can help me with, put your hand in your pocket and say, give me something. Don't tell me to call you because I am not going to call you. You know my need. You see what's happening. You know what's going on. I need you to pray with me. I'm going through something. Can't you just sit up for a while and cry out to God on my behalf? Can't you? Can't you? Don't sleep on me. Don't sleep on me. When my back is against the wall. When all hell is breaking loose in my life. Stand with me. That's why we must trust God at all time. Because when our friends are gone and the boys are gone Jesus only sustenance came from his father the men he trained were all lying around sleeping but don't blame them For heaven's sake, don't blame them. And don't criticize these disciples. They never had a volume of 66 books, Sister Marlene. I'm going somewhere. They never had a volume of 66 books. What kind of a judgment do you think the church is going to have when we get to the judgment seat. Lord, I'm going to preach today. Woo, Jesus. Ay, ay, ay. With all the knowledge we have and all the light that we have and all the vision that we have Why? Why did Jesus do it? He did it for this one reason. He said right through his life all that he did please his father. All that he did please the father. He said for the joy that was set before him he suffered the cross despising its shame. This is the ultimate goal why Jesus came so that he might please his father. Because this is the only way 
redemption could be completed. So Jesus waited patiently while they slept in the garden at the most critical moment of his life because he saw us here in heat tone all across Wolverhampton. Saw me in Jamaica and a JLP political chuck shouting high up God rescue me. He saw me there. He saw me there. He knew I need rescued. Usually hear my grandmother pray and she said, God, if you don't touch my kid. And this is Jamaican now. If you don't touch Mikey, he's going to the gallows. I believe God answered her prayer. And all of this was. It's the only way redemption could be wrought. Could be completed. To save us and to set us free. From the powers of darkness. You know. You may not agree with me. But that's all right. This is going to get very sticky. Let me back up. I said to you that Jesus waited patiently while his inner circle slept in the most critical moment of his life. You may not agree with me about what I'm, you may not agree with me about what I'm going to say. But Lord Jesus, help me. But I believe that's exactly what the church is doing now. In the most critical hour since she was founded, that she is sleeping. She is sleeping. She is sleeping. And she is failing. At the most critical hour in history. You know, I guarantee that we could count on our fingers on one hand the last time we walk into a church or a sanctuary and we were subdued by the power of almighty God so subdued that we were in awe of his majesty bishop I heard this great writer as a boy when he was about five, six years old one of his famous books 
spiritual doctrine. And he said, when William Seymour cried to God with a box over his head for an hour, yet when he took it off, it was the street. He said the glory of God came down in a mist within the church. You couldn't see each other because of the glory. This is not Old Testament. This is not in the time of Isaiah. He said the glory came down. He said we could not see each other. And he said we as children, sister Ashana, he said we usually play in the glory. He said we get down on our knees and we crawl in the mist. Because of the awe and the power of his glorious majesty. Miracles was taking place all over. Because of the awesomeness of almighty God. You think that what we, that what we wish or what we desire to see in God's house. You see the mistake that we make? We think that it's all up to Bishop King. You know what Bishop King's duty is? All Bishop duty is, is to take us to the source. Are you hearing me? His duty is to take us to the source. Jesus is Lord Jesus. Charles Finney said, renowned Charles Finney. He said, whenever I'm doing a crusade, Say for instance, London. His prayer warrior, this one Chinaman, his name is Chang. And he would rent a room for Chang. And Chang would stay in that hotel, maybe for about three, four months. And his knees crying out before God. He said, when I get to that crusade, people were in the trees. People were in the trees and I have to beckon to them and beg them to come down because when the anointing hit the place so heavy, everybody's falling from the trees like mangoes. And Charles Finney said that had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with me. He said all of that is down to Chang. Came across another guy the other day. Great man of God. He locked himself in his house, Bishop, for 12 long years. He had never set foot outside that house for 12 long years. And he prayed for 12 long years from 10 o'clock at night until 5 in the morning by his bedside. 
when he died and they asked the question what is that indentation in the wood at his bedside his knees from 12 years put holes in the board in, in the board by his bedside he had calluses on his knees as he cried to God every day for 12 long years. Good God. Are you with me people of God? But we are at a place today. The church has been subdued. And we are sleeping. Millions of people, millions of people across the world will go to church today. They go to God's house and they don't know the person who owned the house. They don't have a clue. And yet people are contented to go to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, after Sunday, and never ever meet the owner of this house, Sister Marlene. Hallelujah. It's just atmosphere. Just emotion. And the big problem that we have today in church I think we get more fascinated with events rather than the son of God himself. If you are more excited about the coming of Christ than you are about the presence of Jesus, you better start doing some serious thinking. I want his presence. You need his presence. You need his presence. Do you know what it's like to be in the garden? Do you know what it's like to be in the garden? And have God himself, the creator of heaven and earth, coming down in the garden to meet with Adam day after day. And say, hey Adam, what's going on? And having a conversation with the God of glory, with the God of heaven. I desire his presence. See, in the church today, we get so caught up and we get so tied up with gifts. And all we hear is prophecy, 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 prophecy. And miracle, 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 miracle. It's all over the television. It's everywhere. And all the time, we are missing the most essential thing. Because it's not showing a miracle won't save you. 
and prophecy won't come to you in the time of trouble. It is the Son of God Himself that you need to know. Are you hearing me, people of God? It is the Son of God Himself that you need to know. Not the doctrine of the Son of God, but the person of the Son of God. Some people know Bible and they lie on teeth like what? Are you hearing me? That's a fact. Come across, but that's true. They can quote the Bible from, oh, Jesus. But they don't know God. You need the person of the Son of God. One of my favorite songs we sung quite often is, I surrender. I surrender all. I wonder sometimes if we really know what we are singing. Do you know drinking the cup is some serious surrendering? You might have to surrender something today. You might have to surrender a friendship. Or you might have to surrender a career today. to surrender all the things you thought about as being the very thing that God wants you to do. You know how we think that we are doing certain things and we really think that this is what God wants us to do? <laughs> when you drink that cup today and God said, no, that finish. You're going to have to surrender it. You will have to throw it out the window. Because today, you are going to find out that what you have been doing and you think that all along it's for God, you're going to find out today that it really isn't. It is something that you want to do for God. Not something that God wants you to do for him. We have to search ourselves. Listen man, we can't just walk in that church and sing and go home. So this is serious business. We have to check ourselves. Because sometimes what we call living for God, is, it don't even come close. It don't even come close. There is a baptism I have to go through. Jesus said the Holy Spirit cannot come down unless I go up. And for me to go up, I must drink this cup. With all the hell that is in this cup, I have to drink this cup. I cannot go up until I've done the will of my father. I have to accomplish this first. Jesus, and I'm finishing. Lord have mercy. I, I never finish any message. Oh, Lord. He went through the agony of Gethsemane and the lonesomeness. He drank of the cup. Today I ask you the question. Can you drink that cup? 
Can you share with Jesus in his suffering? Can you share with Jesus in his suffering? Can you travail? You know what we are seeking today? We are seeking a painless Pentecost. We want fire. We want Holy Ghost fire. We want Holy Ghost fire, but we want it to be painless. We want painless Pentecost. It don't work like that. It doesn't work like that. There isn't such a thing. You have to touch Gethsemane first before Pentecost. And when you touch, when you touch Pentecost, drinking the cup continues. In closing, the day of Pentecost was fully come. But what happened after Pentecost, Brother Joe? They prosper. Yes? They prosper. Yes, they, they did prosper. They went to jail. And that was prosperity. It was prison. It was pain and it was persecution. But most preachers on television today, they don't talk to you about that. They talk to you about prosperity in your pocket. Prosperity by the car you drive. Prosperity by the aeroplane and the private yacht. And some of them have two jets. And some will stand behind the pulpit and tell you that God spoke to them last night. That you need to buy him another jet. They're not cheering in any suffering. Let me tell you again. The church prospered after Pentecost, right? And the prosperity was jail. They were beaten. They were flood. Their lips were busted. And the more they were prosecuted, it's the more the church go. Because they were sharing in the suffering of Gethsemane. That's how the church prosper. Are you ready to drink the cup? And watch the church prosper? There is no promise. All hell is going to break loose when you drink that cup. Even your family will turn your back on you. They call Jesus all sorts of name because he loved God. Even your family, your children, your best, your closest buddy. Listen, they will turn their back upon you as soon as you pick up this cup 
and you determine in your heart that I am going to follow Jesus. I am going to, I am going to suffer with him in his suffering in order for this gospel to prosper. Can you drink this cup this morning? Can you drink of this cup? So today, as you drink of this cup, willingly and gladly, the complaining is over. Because we cannot drink the cup and then you're going to run to pastor and tell pastor you can't manage because this person is talking about me and I don't know what to do and I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to leave the church just remind yourself that you have drunk from that cup and everything evil that you can ever you can't even imagine it it's in that cup and we have to go through some suffering sometimes. Paul said, Jesus, he said, Lord, take it from me. Take it from me. And Jesus said, no, I can't. You have to bear it. You have to bear it. And sometimes we just have to be content with the situation that I may never get healed. My husband may never change. My wife may never change. But I'm going to stand with God. Because I know that sometimes when you have to drink from that cup, you're on trial before God. Because where God is taking you, the next dimension where he's taking you, you can't just flippantly just get up and, and God place you in that position that it just don't happen. You've got to be tested. Think of Job. Think of Job. He was there in the ash, in the dirt. And do you, do you realize that worm was in his body? And that piece of pottery that he found was squeezing the sores and the worms along with the sores with, with, with the infection the corruption he was there squeezing them out and never ever one day he said anything bad I said God why did you, why are you doing this to me his friend said that you are a sinner and you must curse God why is it curse God and die but his love for God was so sincere, was so true that he was willing and ready to lay down his life for God. In closing, this is my final sent uh, um, sentence, a statement. If you're a child of God and you're not willing or ready to die for Christ, you're not ready to be called by his name. I 
this life is no longer yours. It belongs to God. Let us stand in his presence. Thank you, Jesus. Is there something, and this message is definitely for the church. She had the time to complete it. But, is there something that you need to surrender today? We sung it several times, that surrender all. But we have got to really ask ourselves the question, have we? Is there something else right here under the sound of my voice that you are still holding on to? You haven't really surrendered such a thing. Do you want to surrender all to him this morning? Do you want to drink from the cup? And Christian, this message is yours. Are you ready to drink? from the cup are you ready to drink once more you drank from the cup like Peter you said Lord I stand with you I'll die for you but when the time come when the time came he he was sleeping and he denied Christ are you in that situation today? Do you need to rekindle that fire within you? Do you need to come back home to him? I'm, I'm going to open this altar just for about two minutes. Do you want to rekindle the fire? Do you want to drink from this cup once more? Let's sing softly, I surrender. Hallelujah. Christians, I surrender. I surrender. I surrender.